A quick note before we start the podcast. Uh, this is a live episode of It's That Episode, and the clips that we showed live at UCB Theater, I've shortened them here because without the visual, some of them might feel a little bit long. So if you're wondering, hey, wh- wh- why why does this seem shorter than maybe the people who were there experienced it? Well, that's why. So uh, why, why, why am I still talking? Uh, let's get to the theme song. It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode, it's that Um, uh, it's that episode is a podcast where I uh, invite guests over to my apartment. We watch any TV show that they choose. We watch it and talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, we're not in my apartment. We're live from the UCB Theater in Chelsea, New York, in the greatest city in the world. And then, this is a note to the listeners at home uh, for when they listen that this is a sold-out show. (laughs) But what I've done is I've asked a great majority of the audience in the sold-out theater not to laugh or clap (laughs) because I don't want their laughter to telegraph your laughter at home when you're listening to this. So if it just feels like a smattering of laughter and applause, that's because it's just a great sold-out audience. So uh, thank you to the, I'd say, 200, 220 people who are uh, here right now. This is going to be a fun, uh, a fun show. We've got some great guests, but before we get into it, I want to warm up uh, this warm audience uh, with uh, some uh, This Day in TV uh, history uh, trivia. Uh, I looked this up, and I thought it would be a fun way to start the show. July 9th, I looked up, is a pretty actually important and memorable day in in TV history. On this day in 1952, the classic Chocolate Factory episode of I Love Lucy aired, where Lucy and Ethel ineptly wrapped chocolates, and uh, the extra chocolates were fed to dogs in order to prevent the rampant overpopulation of golden retrievers. (laughs) Also on this day in 1963, the famous Twilight Zone episode aired, where the twist was that there was no Twilight Zone episode. On this day in 1989, executives at ABC forced Doogie Howser MD creators Stephen Boschko and David E. Kelly to change the show title from their original title, Doogie Howser MD. <laughs> Doogie Howser <laughs> And uh, finally, on this day in 1994, July 19- I'm sorry, 94, some of you guys will probably remember this, uh, the episode of Friends aired where Joey said, how you doing, to Chandler, and Chandler responded saying, pretty good, and then they had sex with each other. <laughs> um, so, to keep the historic nature of this day going, um, I'm going to bring out our guests one at a time, and I asked our guests, my guests, to uh, pick their own uh, intro song to come out to in, in the spirit of television. So they've all uh, picked a TV theme song to come out to. My first guests are the uh, creators and hosts of the Found Footage Festival, and which is one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, please welcome Nick Brewer and Joe Pickett. Thank you. Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? 
You're not perfect strangers, but you pick the perfect strangers. We are, but we aren't. Yeah, we, we've known each other since sixth grade, but in a, yeah, in a way, we are kind of. I like the, the. I just always like the lyric to the because the show basically was about a uh, dumb foreigner, right, who'd make mistakes. And, and and then the intro theme song is "Standing Tall on the Wings of Our Dreams." Yeah, and which doesn't really make sense, but it's very inspirational and. Uh, it totally is, and he, at the beginning in the theme song, in the video, uh, in the opening, he he um, he goes on a truck to America to the airport, I guess, and it says uh, uh, America or burst. burst or burst. Yeah. Oh, he spelled it wrong. Yeah. Spelled, but like that's not. I guess America. Or, I guess I don't. People don't use that as much anymore. Burst doesn't sound that wrong. No. <laughs> it, is, it really isn't that much of a malapropism at all. It still makes sense. My my brother and I, when we used to watch the uh, the episodes, the last lyric was "Nothing is going to stop me now." And then we used to say, uh, "Except a big brown cow." Why would you say that? Why would you just added that? They aren't. We, <laughs> Except a big brown cow. Yeah. Just to be clear, you're not slouching on the wings of your dreams. You're standing tall on them. Really so, tall. Yeah. And that's, I think, a good way to uh, inspire many. And uh, I thank you guys for being here. You guys obviously are uh, TGIF fans, and, and we're gonna, you're going to be... Uh, you've already shown that with your theme song choice, and we'll be watching some uh, a clip from another show. Some Miller Boyette. Ooh, yeah. yeah, Miller Boyette production. A yeah. lot of Quickly name two other shows that are Miller Boyette, if you can. Full House. Step by Step. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, our next guest is uh, uh, a mainstay at this theater. You can see him every Saturday night with the improv group Death by Ruru, which is one of my favorite improv groups. Uh, They're hilarious. And so is this man. Please welcome Gavin Spieler. I'd say one of the only end songs that, like, I would, I'd wait to, to, yes. for it. I'd sit through the whole thing. Yeah, and you'd, see what the you'd dog sit did. through, like, this show sucks. <laughs> when are they gonna play the end song? Yeah, the last fifteen minutes, you're just waiting for that theme song. Although I guess they didn't really have an intro song for Asia, right? They just had like a couple. They had the skyline, yeah. and then they had they'd add a little animation right to each episode, like to slightly change that intro. Right? Oh, very classic. I respect yeah. that, though. I respect yeah. that. Like, we don't need that extra yeah. thirty seconds of filler. We got a lot of stuff to discuss yeah. here in this episode. <laughs> All killer, no filler. Yeah. Uh, so, did you pick that because you're a Frasier fan, or you? I actually do love Frasier. Frasier is a great show. Um, but rather than talk about that, have you seen when he falls off the stage? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that was truly his best work. Uh, as great as Frazier was. Yeah, Kelsey both yeah. and I were falling off the stage. Like, violently falls off the stage. <laughs> I yeah. just like it because he's talking, he's talking, and then it's deathly yeah. quiet, and he's yeah. just like, you can see him sort of like grumbling. <laughs> and also, the way he falls off the stage is exactly the way you think Kelsey Grabworth falls off the stage. He's like, oh, 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 dear, oh. Yeah. And then he's really hurt. He stands there and he's like, oh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really what's his name on, what's his wife's name on the show? Or his ex-wife's, uh... Lilith? Oh, Lilith. He should have fallen and yelled, Lilith. <laughs> that would make that moment even more viral. Uh, there are people like that, though, like Alex Trebek and, um... 
and Kelsey Grammer that you just kind of want to see get hurt because you get they're so they're so serious and uh, have such dignity that um, it's funny to see them undignified. And we'll see. Um, uh, you just. Uh, linked it to a later clip with Alex Trebek. I'm not going to tip our hand, but we got an Alex Trebek clip tonight that's going to make you win. shit your pants. <laughs> it's, um, it's a clip that has a diuretic attached to it, so you have to shit your pants. Um, our next guest is, uh, you can see perform every Friday night at, uh, with a law firm and improv group that we're both in. He's a writer and performer at uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Ever heard of it? Please welcome Connor O'Malley. Oh. Yeah, you can shake everybody's hand. No one planning shaking everybody's hand. Um, you, when you were on this podcast last, we watched Entourage. We did. We watched the episode where Turtle uh, got his new pair of Fuki jamas. But Vince found out that the Ramones project isn't happening. God. <laughs> Everybody up here is like, shut up. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for coming, Connor. Uh, have you watched Entourage since we, we watched it together? No. I, well, maybe. No, I have not. <laughs> Neither have I. I talk more about Frasier, because I also am weirdly a big Frasier. Oh, yeah? I, I think my mom watched it a lot, so I just like ended up watching it, too, with her. It's, uh, it's fucking... It's a weird show. How did that happen? I know a lot of people who actually watch that show, too, and I, I have not given... I don't, I don't think I've seen an entire episode. I think it's kind of the last bastion of, like... Not a lot of people have cable, so, like, this is what we watch. But is, is it a nostalgia thing? Like, does it make you feel nostalgic while you're watching it? Or for Cheers, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you're, I think it's, like, a really funny show. I love it. I love, like, how farcical it is and stuff. Um, and I, I, like, watched it in reruns. Like, I didn't watch it when it was on. Like, I watched, like, the, like, it was on at, like, 11.30 or whatever, you know? Um... It was on 11.30, so I'd, like, wait up. Wait, you stayed up all the way up? <laughs> Whoa, dude. Yeah, whatever, man. You know. Uh, that's hip. Man, that's, that's pretty cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the writers from Cheers or the creators uh, transferred over. There's some funny stuff there, guys. I don't know. And, you know, it's it's about psychology and psychiatry and that sort of thing. It's a psychological comedy. <laughs> yeah. It's really great. Um, I think... Uh, the Vince, I've seen him twice in the last two weeks. Adrian Garnier? Yeah, I think it's Grand Grenier. That's how I say it. It's Garnier. Garnier. the worst. He's like a bad actor. Yeah, he, well, he, <laughs> he plays the greatest actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't like walk by me acting well. He just like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once he walked by me, once he was sitting on a, a stoop, um, and uh, it was um, uh, also not that entertaining. Where was it? Uh, in Clinton Hill in Brooklyn, which I think it's a. Kind of weird. Pie. I once made eye contact with Parker Posey. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the most interesting part of the story, so I'll leave it at that. Um, Nick and Joe, why don't you... Um, we're, everyone up here is going to show a clip uh, that they decided to watch. Um, Nick and Joe, do you want to intro uh, the first clip that you guys Yeah, we... Up? Okay, so we came to the TGIF lineup on ABC... After the fact, I mean, I watched Perfect Strangers. Did you? We did, weren't a Perfect Strangers family. Your family, your family was not. No. But um, we were. Uh, my family was. So I watched that, and uh, but I just didn't make the jump over to the. Uh, I think we just kind of outgrew 
uh, the age where Family Matters Full House Step by Step was. Yeah. I think we were getting too old at that point. I remember watching it when I was too old, and I was like, oh, that's kid stuff. Yeah, but just by maybe a year or two, so just kind of barely made the cutoff. And then um, about six or seven years ago, we were uh, unemployed, and um, we had quit our jobs. We were working on a documentary, and uh, you're kind of in the thick of editing, and we had a mandatory lunch break at 1 o'clock every afternoon in my apartment in Queens, and we'd turn on TV, and uh, Family Matters was always on uh, at 1 o'clock. Weirdly, it did never change times. Uh, and, uh, but there's two back-to-back episodes. And the thing thing is, they played them in order. Oh, so, so you saw the whole canon from beginning to end. And we could work through them fairly quickly because you got two a day. So you'd see an entire season in a month, basically. You know, 24 episodes or 30 episodes. And I remember seeing the whole cycle from the beginning to the end, and then it started over again. It really helped you follow the story of Family Matters. <laughs> they, the characters they get lost that way. They grew together. They yeah. grew together as a family. Exactly. And you right. saw sort of the whole the continuity was all continuing yeah, arc, right? Evolution. But even before that, though, uh, we we roomed together in college, and we we called it the Sacred Hour, one o'clock every night. Two episodes of Step by Step would air. Wait, one o'clock a.m. A.m. So this is a twelve because it, it was one o'clock at lunchtime, but then earlier it was one o'clock. Miller Boyette works in mysterious ways. Wow. So uh, one o'clock, they'd show two episodes of that. We called it the Sacred Hour, and then we would have this small group come over and we'd watch two episodes of Step by Step. And we've seen every episode twice of Step by Step. Is that Step. the Lambert family? That's the Lambert family. Yeah, yeah. modern day Brady Bunch, really. Yeah, if, yeah, and except for I think the guy who played Cody beat his wife. That's right. Yeah. 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 He had yeah. some troubles. That was uh, the, the they replaced they replaced him with Flash. Do you remember Flash? Whoa, no. Like, uh, a couple episodes of that. All right. we're, 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 let's not explore. We don't have to go up there. So what's this clip that we're going to be watching? You want to set up the uh, this Family Matters clip? Yeah, this is season seven. So um, Family Matters, uh, you know, it was a family sitcom. It was actually a spinoff from uh, Perfect Strangers. Uh, the elevator operator was a sassy black lady named Harriet, and uh, I guess her fame was white hot. She couldn't be contained on Perfect Strangers, so they spun, <laughs> spun her off. She had so much to, to offer. They did say, I was reading something today where they said that she was like a crowd favorite, and that she had to have her own system. Even though like, yeah. I've never once seen an elevator operator in the 80s, like, was that even a... That was or such... even her character. Like, did you ever... I yeah, know. I mean, I, I, I was very nonplussed by her. I recognized her. But I think it was an excuse for, for them to make a black family sitcom and try to, you know, Joe's to said it's kind of their answer to the Cosby show. So I will say, also, I watched Perfect Strangers with my family in reruns, and I don't remember any elevator operator, <laughs> except for, I do remember one episode where they were like trapped in that elevator, and it was like, falling. She had to have been in that episode, though, right? She was not. She was not in that episode? <laughs> she was not. She came on season three and four as uh, working at the Chicago Herald, or whatever fictional newspaper Cousin Larry worked at. Cousin and, uh, Larry Appleton. <laughs> you reference him as a cousin without value. Larry, Larry Appleton, I'm sorry. <laughs> Great. But, uh, so anyway, uh, then 12, it's, it's a family sitcom about, you know, she gets laid off from her job, and how are they going to make ends meet, and it was very much trying to do family drama. 12 episodes in, Urkel shows up as Laura's date that she gets set up with, just as a one-off thing, and I think everybody knows what happened. It becomes the Urkel show, right? Got any cheese? Yeah, oh. we know how that ended. <laughs> the man had a million catchphrases, didn't he? I mean, like, whoa, baby, got any cheese? Did don't, I do that? Don't fret my pet? 
Don't fret my pet. God. And with the the one thing I was looking today, the first season it it didn't do that well in the ratings. It did okay. Second season killed because it was the Urkel show then. And then after that, for the next nine seasons, it got worse and worse and worse and worse until it got. But and, and the reason we decided to show this episode is because Urkel would get into more and more convoluted things. Like first, he's just the nerdy date. Then he's inventing a time machine, and he and Carl are going becoming pirates. And then you know he befriends an orangutan, and then he uh, There's Bruce Lee. Yeah, There's Bruce right, Lee yeah, one yeah. episode. He invents the Ur- crime-fighting robot Urkelbot, um, and uh, I'd go- love to like think like were the writers at all ever like excited to pitch these ideas? They- I don't know. I, I wonder about that because I feel like freedom to it. Exactly. You know? I feel like, but did see the the episode we're going to show. I feel like this is the one where they were just like in full, we don't give a fuck about anything. We don't give a shit about our audience. Fuck you, audience. Season <laughs> <laughs> seven. So they've had enough of this. And it's, but then even after this clip that you're going to see, they still had two more seasons after this, which is fucking fascinating. Yeah, they're, they're, so the reason we decided to include this is because of all the wacky adventures that Urkel and Carl went on, you know, he goes to outer space, whatever. At the end, they reset, it's back to normal, and they can continue with the next episode. So the episode we're going to show you, Little Big Man. Uh, we're show little Big Guy. Little Big Guy, sorry, because yeah. he called Carl Big Guy. Um, Urkel has a uh, transforming machine that uh, is supposed to make things bigger, but it ends up shrinking he and Carl down to just the size of three inches or so. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the episode, they stay shrunk. What? Yep, it's the biggest fuck you. They're not even going to unshrink them and bring them back to normal height. They didn't write a way out of that. So they maybe in the, between that episode and the next one, the whole world shrank to make it equal with them, and that's how it's normal. That's a great theory, yeah. Um, so anyway, we wanted to show you the dramatic and emotional final three minutes. Final three minutes from this episode. <laughs> Marshmallow for a pillow, isn't that comfy enough? Yeah, but when I drew on it, it sticks to my face. Good night, Oh. Settle for a hug. 
orchestration during that, where he was like, Steve, you know, when the chips are down, you gotta, and they brought in the orchestration. The... Uh, yeah, I like that they were shrunk, that was the big, the cat comes, attacks them, they we wave it off with fire, and then they just go back to like, we didn't want you to move in. <laughs> they should be screaming the entire time. <laughs> yeah, they were always eaten by a cat, and they're going back to the, hey man, I, 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 and I told you guys that when you told me what clip you're watching, that I actually saw this when it aired, and I remember... That's like seeing the movie in the theaters, right? Yeah, and it was... That's before DVR, before the internet, and I remember it, I had stopped watching the show, and I was like, how the fuck did we get to this point? Like, I had a similar experience where I was like, sweet spot for TGIF lineup in this particular, and then I like, fell away from family matters and came back and just... It was, what the fuck? fuck happened to Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think, like, they lost respect for their audience a long time before this, because they... Okay, so season four, there's the, the family, and Harriet's, you know, has a daughter, a younger daughter, um, and uh, season four, the younger daughter just isn't there anymore. They did that step-by-step, step too. Yeah. They got rid of Josh Brun. They just eliminated no, no them. There's no... Yeah. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Family Matters girl, her name might have been... Jamie Foxx. That's right. Yeah. 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 And she later did porn. She so, later did porn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I then the, those are the two facts I guess that everybody knows about. <laughs> and this may be the only time that the person that spun off the sitcom, the whole reason for the sitcom existing, left the show and they kept going. Oh my so, gosh. Uh, she, left. Left. Yeah. she left. Yeah. Well, I read an interview with her and she said that. <laughs> That's what we were doing today, but yeah. I was staring at my computer reading a, yeah. A, yeah, an interview with her. She said that the interviewer clearly knew that the reason she left is because it became the Urkel show. Right. But she didn't want to admit to that. She said she wanted to go on to more creative endeavors and stuff like that. She, I guess she's a jazz performer, too. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, so she left. and yeah. But yeah, so the last half of the last season, it's a different mom. And again, just no acknowledgement of mid-season I mean, switch. It happened in Fresh Prince, I guess, too, but she wasn't the reason for the show. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe the Hogan family thing that happened there, but I, I, the Sandy Duncan thing. I don't know of any other example where the whole centerpiece of the show leaves and they go on. Yeah, and I also don't know any other show where two of the main characters end up in a Pringles box. <laughs> this is one of, this is, that's one of my favorites. Oh, that, that was an X-Files episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Was this close to when uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came out? Five years after. Yeah, I know that. And that was also a TV show around this time. Uh, they oh, made yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So maybe that this was them being like, uh, you think you're gonna have a TV show about speech? I'll show you how it's done. And not write ourselves out of it either. Yeah, yeah, we're just gonna. Uh, that cheese was really fake. I love that cheese yeah, though. Like, yeah, I want that so much. Oh, like what's appetizing you? I love the logic of like, we're shrunken down, we need somewhere to sleep, and it also has to kind of look like a bed too. We can't, yeah, it has to be. It can't just friend. be comfortable. It's got to resemble a, a clean size bed. <laughs> 
also like that they provoked a cat for that. I want, I want to know how they provoked the cat to get him yeah, the, the, the makers of the show, right? Yeah, now, yeah. Right? Also, the like that, a regular sitcom probably could have gotten five minutes out of just in a regular show a cat going into the house. This one, it was they were shrunk. The cat went in the house, and they didn't even speak about it. They just waved it off and then went back to don't move in. Yeah. yeah, I think he had, uh, Urkel had broken a window to bring the uh, transmorphic machine no. in before... So he didn't break it, he just hunt. removed it. Yeah, he removed the yeah. window. So that's, yeah, we, we cut out some of the backstory, but that's how the cat got in. Well, they let the cat out of the bag. Gavin, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> do you want to uh, uh, show us, uh, let us know about your uh, little story? Sure. Uh, this is a show called Surviving the Cut, which was a Discovery Channel show where, uh, thank you, it is a great show. <laughs> One of the people allowed to speak in the audience just said, great show. Uh, um, and where they uh, basically let a documentary crew into like a specialized military force, like they'll do like the Army Rangers, or uh, the one we're going to see is uh, Marine Recon, which is like kind of the first guys in who uh, like get the information. They, I'm clearly not a military, <laughs> uh, and uh, kind of report back. Um, so the only thing about this is this is kind of like the end of their training, uh, and I would say like um, it's called like the Death March or something like that. Um, or something like that. Something <laughs> similar to the death or the march, march of death. The march of death, possibly. Um, but I guess like they've been up for like 18 or 20, they might say in the clip, however many hours. They haven't slept for a really long time. They've been doing shit like this <laughs> like for three months in a row. I think that's it. Yeah. Let's check it out. The raid goes down fast, but this mission is far from over. Remove your casualties! Get them off the X! Marines never leave their dead or wounded on the battlefield. Two, three. 200-pound dummies stand in for the fallen, and some Marines are designated as wounded. It's only three miles back to base, but there's one massive hurdle in their way. Gas. So brutal. What the people at home can't, the 200 people here can see, but the people at home can't, is that there was snot and spit coming out of yeah. their faces for pretty much the entire time. Yeah. And there are also those instructors, or like, uh, if they're instructors, that's what you call them, right? Um, they're going like, and before and after that clip, they're going like, don't be a pussy, don't be a pussy. <laughs> and the guys are like, I can't breathe. <laughs> but also, what I was thinking is like, those instructors, most of them had face masks on. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I mean, these guys are the heroes. I, could, I would die immediately in any situation involving well, anything physical. But <laughs> I feel like for camaraderie, should they not be wearing the masks, you know, to be like, look, we're, we're here with you. You're going to yell pussy at them. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, 
so when we were looking up Family Matters stuff today, my internet, <laughs> my internet went down, and I had to go to the coffee shop to read about that jazz album that uh, Harriet Drummery Pate was doing. So in a way, that was kind of my death march. You're a brave, brave man. And you're listening to On Your iPod just it's saying, Pussy, you're a fucking pussy. Man. Yeah, that was my drill sergeant. Uh, I kind of want to try. I, I've never been pepper sprayed or any sort of gas or anything. Yeah. That made me like, I want to just get a taste of it. I just want to walk through a cloud of it just real quick. To experience mm -hmm. that. Just I think you can do that. You can make that happen. Really? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, you can buy pepper spray. No, it's in the clip or not. <laughs> uh, did Johnny uh, Knoxville do that in an episode of Jackass? Or. Yeah, I think spray? he got sprayed. I think, so. I think he got might have been sprayed with pepper spray. Right in the eyes. And he didn't like it. No, he didn't. Like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. yeah. I don't think John Nash. In the clip, some of the soldiers were designated for the people listening were designated as wounded, and they are carried. That's like <laughs> they, when they they're, they're just they like put their hats over their face. They don't do anything. Yeah. They pretend to be dead while everybody else has to pick up pick them up. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah, those guys yeah, are in the, in the fucking stretcher. Also, some dummies, I believe, are closed, but some were clothed and some were naked. And I was like, hey, how do you, 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 you get that naked one? <laughs> <laughs> if you're carrying it, don't you want that there's less, I guess, maybe there's more less friction, so it might be harder to carry, but you got a naked one yeah. on top of you. <laughs> I, would, um, I got really into this with John Gabris, who you've had on your podcast mm -hmm. before. Yeah. We got together a couple times to watch episodes of this. Wait, you got together specifically to watch this show? Uh, well, we wa uh, we did it a few times. Not not this show, but like we watched Predator or usually some military thing. <laughs> but I think we watched this while like eating Domino's pizza, <laughs> like in front of the TV, like two fat guys just like eating pizza, going like this. Well, it's hard for this reason, like. <laughs> Which is what 95% of the people watching, there's no, like, hardly anybody is like, yeah, I've been through this shit. <laughs> Just a couple of heroes eating yeah. some pizza. Yeah. Was it good pizza? Uh, it was Domino's, I said, I think. Uh, so, it I don't think of Domino's as pizza. Mm. Like, I think of it as, like, its own thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in the same White way that... Castle. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, White Castle's not really a hamburger, or... It's okay if we talk... If, if we... You, yeah, I know. They, they, right? they aren't. They are sponsors, so you can't say anything oh, right. too bad. But yeah, we can talk about. It. Like I feel like Subway is not really a sandwich. Like, the... You're saying fast food isn't really what it, it's not really what it is. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think that's true. Um, well, thanks so much for that clip. I think did anybody in the audience also gag when they saw the snot and stuff? Or you're all heroes then. Um, Connor, why don't you uh, grace us with your uh, your equally disturbing clip? <laughs> so uh, I have a clip from the Bozo Show. Uh, I'm uh, born and raised in Chicago, and one of the things that we would do is every day at seven o'clock, the Bozo Show would come on in the weekday, and it was an hour long. And the reason people watched it was because in the middle they would have uh, the grand prize game, which with you had Bozo buckets, which were like six buckets. And uh, you would toss like ping pong balls in the buckets, and and it looked amazing. Like they, all the cuts were perfect. They did such an amazing job of like making the prizes and the toys look alluring. They did like they randomly picked people from the audience, and it was like very exciting, and it was great. And it was why everybody watched the show. And then they had fifty-five minutes to fill. So <laughs> they would do it partly with cartoons, but then they were like, hey. 
What if these alcoholic clown men performed live-to-tape sketches and we filmed it for an audience of crying children and their parents? And none of the kids are laughing. They're not happy at all. They're just sitting there and they don't fucking understand why Bozo is talking to the other clown, Cookie, who you'll see in the clip. And they're just fun. And also another thing, none of the people in the sketches are off book. And you'd be like, okay, well, they probably have cue cards. Nobody has cue cards. I think they just like loosely talk out beats and then they go out there and are constantly talking over each other and stepping on each other's lines. So it's, and on top of that, parts of the set are falling down and they're grabbing it and holding it up. Parts where Cookie the Clown opens up a door and Bozo's standing behind it and he's not supposed to be, jumps out of the way. It's the fucking worst, and it's so entertaining now. Because <laughs> they also sound like alcoholic Chicago cops, but they're dressed as like the shittiest, worst clown men you've ever seen in your entire life. We just have to watch it. It's horrible. But it's great. And, and I'll just also say this before it starts. When you sent me this clip, it was a sketch that was six and a half minutes long, so I cut about two minutes out, and let's see how long it feels. <laughs> Show. Oh, 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 oh. Here's the list of chores the boss is asking me to do. Boy, that guy never gives up. Chores, chores, chores. Just look at that list. I'll tell you. It goes on and on and on and on. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm being used. Sometimes I think people think I'm nothing but a doormat. Do this cookie. Do that cookie. Cook. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Could you give me a favor, pal? I don't have time. Oh, please, cook. Just a couple little things. sketches on the bozo show. The other one is pie in the face. Oh, God. Well, what was the lesson there? I was trying to figure out the lesson. Was lesson it, is Cookie pushed? gets fucked by Bozo. <laughs> and Cookie's gonna like it. Because Cookie's a piece of shit and Bozo's a fucking user. And that's what life is. <laughs> so, 
And this is year. This is from 1990. This is year 30 of this show existing. Yeah, right? the Bozo show. Bozo was a clown that was started in the in the 30s. It was on a record and it was very popular. And then at the beginning of television, they were like, "Hey, every local station and affiliate should have their own Bozo, so that they could have kids on it and be like a local thing." And started around the 60s and the 50s. Boston had one, Philadelphia, Portland had one that wasn't Bozo, but it was based off of Krusty. The, they based Krusty off of it. Chicago had Bozo too, but Chicago was the longest running Bozo that existed. It started on, no joke, September 11th, 1961, and ran till 2001. Which is a joke. Which is a joke. <laughs> But it was the longest-running franchise of Bozo, and it was also like the most popular. And they did two tapings every day Ugh. for forty five. Did you watch this when you were a kid? You yeah. watched. Was it nightmarish? I mean, like you I just like didn't give a shit about anything because you like get to the fucking grand prize game, and then as soon as that happened, you turned it off, and everybody knew that. Yeah. So well, we we watched it every morning. My family watched it every morning before yeah. school. Yeah, regularly, and the grand prize game. My brother, you know how they had the at-home player? Mm -hmm. My brother was the at-home player. Um, yeah. So not, not to what does that mean? You, how did he so, play at home? So you, you sent your name in, and then they would pull your name out of a hat and say, Alex Pickett is the is the uh, at-home winner. He, he gets to win all the prizes that the person throwing the ping-pong balls into the cups wins. And did he win anything? He didn't win jack shit. Uh, he, he got like a toddler. It was the worst thing that could have happened. He got a toddler coming up there. Oh, what a, a, when they show the audience, the kids do look miserable. They look so bad. Like, everyone is just like, fucking... <laughs> well, also, it, there was, no joke, a 10-year waiting list to get tickets to the Bozo show. Like, you would have your kid, and then you'd put them on the waiting list. And it's all The parents. second you had your kid. The second you had your kid, and then after the Bozo waiting list, then you'd get, like, a college account and shit like that. Right. <laughs> You do that, then you'd set up a savings account for your child. But it's such a fucking weird, tiny, like, beginning of television that should have just gone away, but it was around for fucking ever. And it's also, w it was on WGN, the Superstation, which isn't a network, but it's also, people get it everywhere, but it's not a national network. So I think it was broadcast nationally in certain parts of America, but, and it was also like, I grew up in that, like, I grew up in North Center in Chicago, which is the center of the North Side, and like WGN is in like right by there. And in high school, we would like go by where they filmed the Bozo show and get high by the river. Like hell yeah, it's so cool, man. Yeah, fat fat dudes in mid grades cheaping up. Fourteen years old. That's dope. So cool, man. Did you ever attend uh, Bozo taping? No, it was. Yeah, we weren't on them. My parents didn't give a shit. They didn't have the foresight to put you on the list. I was the youngest of three. But it <laughs> seems like neither did Cookie and Bozo give a shit. Because you can sense the tiredness uh, of, yeah. of everyone involved in that sketch. It's so lazy. And like, also, they're just, you're allowed, like, they unroll these big uh, lists that's supposed to be the big joke, and, and they have, like, a special angle to show how long the list is, and, like, nobody reacts. <laughs> and, and the other thing, when Bozo burst through the door, I was expecting a pause, but there was no nothing. applause. There was nothing. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> but you, they give you a rim shot to let you know where the jokes are, and even the rim shot is lazy. You know? <laughs> well, there was one part where the TV was talking to him. And he sort of mispronounced or didn't know a name that he was supposed to say, but that guy is 
probably offstage looking at a script or something, you'd think that he'd be he was able clearly to... making it up. Yeah. Oh. He clearly mm-hmm. like was not looking at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The best part is like they're just filling an hour of time. They don't give a fuck. Right, he said the same thing like four times. Yeah, he said like, but you were rude on the telephone. Also, you were rude on the telephone. <laughs> also, uh, you've been, I've been mean to you. Let me take you to the zoo for ice cream. So, <laughs> what's so, crazy about that is like 1990, like the Simpsons were on, there's some sophisticated humor out there. And this is like Sid Caesar. I mean, this is like your show of shows. Like, I mean, it's like vaudeville. And uh, I guess they just did, children didn't care, I guess, was the, the thing. It's our idiots, that's what it comes <laughs> down to. Great. And that's a perfect segue for my clip that I chose. <laughs> this is not a TV show, this is a made-for-TV movie, a clip from uh, The Jacksons, An American Dream, which aired in 1992. And I've seen this since on VH1, and this is my single favorite moment from the movie when they are... Um, uh, recording I'll Be There and uh, there's one part in I'll Be There where Michael Jackson says uh, sort of sing- says singing like he yells at girl look over your shoulders which is a great part of the song and this moment in the movie for some reason decides let's pick that and mi- like there obviously there's a huge storyline with Michael and abuse and all this stuff but let's just pick out that one lyric and make a story about it so this is that such a, um, that always just stuck out to me as just such a bizarre moment from, like, the other thing about this was that, did you guys ever watch this when it was on? No. It was a two-part special that was two hours each, so this is a four-hour made-for-TV movie, 
Which is probably why. What that, year again? That was '92. So this was two years after the Bozo clip. So that's a that's a savvy TV audience watching this. And I think the last clip of that the made for TV movie is uh, Michael with bubbles, the uh, the chin. Which was uh, one thing I did think watching this is like they try to make record like music recording in movies and television look so cool and like dark and and it clearly must not be though. I wasn't I've never recorded music, but I've recorded two hit albums and it's uh, <laughs> it's it's dark. It is dark. It, it's not but it's not exciting. The mom from uh, Family Matters recorded a jazz album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that I'm having time to dwell on the line, just look over your shoulders, it is it kind is of annoying. It is weird, though. Yeah. It's kind of annoying to me that he says shoulders. It, I'm, I'm trying to think how it could be possible. You have to be like, yeah. Could it be that it's like, girl, look over your shoulders, like, look to your right and then look to your left because I'm directly behind you and I'm tired. Also, <laughs> how old is Mike Michael Jackson's five years old when he was recording that? How old? I, I think at this point he's probably 12 or so, but yeah, well, he, he was recording way early. Way early. This, case, this that's guy. Too, that's too early to be saying honey, though. Yeah, that's too early to age for honey. Mm-hmm. I. I, I be at least like fifty. There's funny. a clip from the uh, <laughs> the Jacksons variety show where it's so weird because Janet and Michael are little kids and they're they're seducing. She's playing like a Mae West character, and so she's vamping it up with a feather boa, and she's like, "Come on up and see me sometime, big boy." And she's talking to her brother Michael, who's also prepubescent. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's that's hot. Come fuck, come fuck your sister. <laughs> mm. um, we're gonna go to. I uh, put out a call on Twitter and Facebook to uh, give us some clips. So we're gonna we're gonna rocket through some of these because uh, we got we got some good ones and I want to get to all of them. This one on a on a pot, an earlier podcast, Mike Kaplan mentioned that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was on a an episode of Jeopardy, a Celebrity Jeopardy, and. Um, I did not. I did not edit this. These are the three first questions that they that they did, and let's see how the celebrity teams did. Sophie Mork, by the way. Um, 
I love that the last question was, first of all, the Moby Dick one is obviously you should, I hope you should know that, but the last one was... I, uh, I did not know that. Well, that's, <laughs> hey, that's totally fine. You might have been a little nervous. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the lights are on. The, the Irish pop group, Pop in Quotes, and then Pearl Jam, is, which is, I mean, God... Yeah. Or Benjamin Salisbury. His <laughs> flame bright, burned brightly. And yeah, what happened soon. to that guy? What, what was the award that he won? I was trying to... Look yeah, he I won an award for It's Something that uh, he still holds on to dearly because it's one of the only things he's achieved in his life. Right? Yeah. All, I hate they, Benjamin they, Salisbury. They didn't name the award. And they just said he won an award, oh, right? Is that right? I think they, they rambled it on. Did they like, ramble it on? Oh, okay. Yeah, I also like that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was Joey Gordon-Levitt. There's just something nice to know that he 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 changed that. You know, he, he got hipper. Or I, I switched from Joey to Joe. Did you too? Going from sixth grade to seventh. Was that grade. a hard? Thing? Did you have to ask? People well, here's the thing. I, mo- I moved to a different town, and when I moved to the new town, I reinvented myself. I know I resisted Joe. for many years, but calling him Joe. Oh, I think my aunt still call me Joey. So did you? Did you have? Did, did you have discussions with family beforehand? Like, I think I'm going to do this? I just did it. You, wow. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's when I became a man, I think, really. Because Joe was like... That's the yeah. equivalent of a partner. I'm thinking about switching over to a Joseph once I turn, like, 50 or something. So we'll well, I see. did. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's been doing pretty well with yeah, the Joseph. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. This guy's on production companies. He was in Looper. They're <laughs> doing well with trivia questions. But he's not doing, he's a, yeah, he's an idiot. Come on, Tom Petty, Heartbreakers, give me a break. This next one was sent in by Ed Anthony Sabelli, and this is, this one's from, this is a commercial from 1990, and I, I hope you, has everybody here seen Psycho? The two, some of the members, the 200 members are raising their hand, I can't talk. Um, but Psycho is one of the best horror movies ever, uh, uh, Hitchcock, um, and then that was uh, one of the classics, but this is uh, Anthony Perkins in 1990. I always do what Mother tells me, but I never could eat oatmeal until I found oatmeal raisin crisps. Now this is oatmeal made of my life. Crispy flakes with oatmeal, a bit of brown sugar, and loaded with raisins and almonds. Oatmeal raisin crisps. It's scary how good it tastes. <laughs> Oatmeal crisp, oatmeal raisin crisp. Look, mother, I'm eating my oatmeal. Now, that's a good boy. And that was uh, that was like in conjunction with a made-for-TV movie in 1990 called uh, Psycho for the Beginning, which I have watched before. And um, it's just as good as I can <laughs> I can't believe he sold out to Big Oatmeal. <laughs> Big Oatmeal Raisin Crisp, uh, specifically. It's also amazing, just knowing, like, spoiler alert for Psycho, that it's all in his head, the mother, but then, so it's just an insane human being probably t- talking in an empty kitchen about oatmeal. <laughs> I think it's funny for me to think that he like aggressively pitched that commercial for two years <laughs> and wanted to get it made. Because he would not, he didn't want the money. He just loved it. I love this Chris. idea. I had this idea, and I just kind of want to get. It. I just want to see it to fruition, and I don't even care about the money at this point. Out, he produced it himself and bought airtime. That wasn't even a cereal. He was just like, I'm going to make a fake cereal. I'm going to try open a little cereal factory. 
Um, but unfortunately, and this is not a joke, Anthony Perkins did die of AIDS. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, this final clip is, uh, was sent uh, from at Moltov Cocktail, Zach S. on Twitter. And this is a MacGyver clip that, uh, you guys watch MacGyver? One episode. Yeah, one I watched episode. a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah I watched yeah. it when it was on, and uh, uh, I was a fan of it. Um, and this is a clip that sort of uh, stuck out. I was sent a YouTube clip, but I went uh, on uh, uh, on Netflix and got to watch the full episode. And this one's a little bit more explicit than the one on YouTube. So let's check out this MacGyver clip. <laughs> Because he's black. You know what you should do with colored people? Drown them when they're first born. Save everybody a lot of trouble. Wow. What the people at home can't see was the, that the guy he ended up talking to at the end was Cuba Cutting Jr. He was in five episodes of MacGyver. Really? And I also cut out the N-word from this because they had it in there. And I was like, oh, I don't feel, I don't know if I should do that or not. Was, was this considered a very special episode? Would I, this have been like a... I, I have to assume it was. That was they just, all were like that. Do you think all of the MacGyver ones? They all had some guy that hated black people. <laughs> Each episode, he'd end racism. But weirdly, he was always friends with McGuire. Yeah, there was. I, I just love how he picks up the gun and he looks so angry at that racism and he's about to bash him to death, it seems. And then Cuba Gooding Jr. comes in and he's like, I know I shouldn't do this. It's beautiful, sort of. He like looked at his fist like, what am I about to do? I'm just as bad as the racist guy? Was like what I was reading in his face. That's, That's good amazing. acting. That's like, good. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we could all agree that was amazing. <laughs> but I also think one thing that MacGyver never did, like Batman, I think, is he never sh- killed or shot a gun or anything. Is that, I might be making that up, but I think that's true. I think that's true, yeah. yeah. I remember hearing that. Well, it's interesting, because he didn't put anything together in this clip. Like, usually he wins by, like, taking what he has, and this time he just, like, punched a guy in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you well, watch the whole episode? I, I did not have time to watch the full episode, but I, um... I thought, yeah, I thought Cuba Gooding Jr. was going to come in and be like, I was... People, somebody tried to drown me when I was born, <laughs> and that really, that really hit close to home, what he said. That's such a specific... Oh, that's such a specific... Uh, oh, Wouldn't you think him seeing a black guy walk in would get him even more angry? It's like you're talking to... Like, that, about, like oh, he, I'm going to show, you know, the rage... Stop. Yeah, the rage sort of had him overcome a guy. Right. Like, I hate that person in this room. Was it his innocent face that made him... Cuba Gooding Jr.'s innocent face? That, he, he's uh, a good-looking guy. I, I think that might have maybe sedated him. Also, the way he said it was a reveal. He's like, I did it because I don't like black people, right? So, right. like, was that not present until that point in the episode? Like, there wasn't right. Oh, like, the whole rest that, of that. That was his hidden agenda for 20 minutes. He loved, <laughs> black, he loved black people for the first 43 minutes of the episode until the last. I will say that guy's look is very, very, like, 80s specific. Like, balding dude, but with gray, weird beard. Whenever yeah. I see someone like that in like a clip, I just picture them like going down at some point. 
know why. Guys like that got a lot of work in the 80s, I think. Yeah. I think they were doing well. He's a well-cast racist. He had like the perfect shoehorn male pattern baldness on top. Yeah. Classic racist. Yeah. 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 You know he's gotten down on someone while being racist. Yeah. You know he'd be great. He's a handsome, good-looking racist. Because then you'd be like, I don't know. This is Kim, but like I you're rooting for him. Yeah. Oh yeah, they had like John Hamm play a horrible racist. <laughs> That's his next movie. It's called Horrible Racist. Yeah, that would be. I'd watch that. That'd be great. Um, well, I thank you guys so much. Can we? I, I'm going to allow now all 200 people to yell as loud as they can. Thank you so much for coming out. Yay! Yeah. Thank you so much to Found Footage guys. Do you want to uh, pr- promote anything? Does everybody want to... Uh... We're on a big tour, foundfootagefest.com. We're in every city. Which is one of my favorite things, and I watched one of the DVDs the day that I got married, uh, before when I was uh, just hanging out with my brother and uh, brother-in-law. Wow, just, just really? like in a fairy tale. Yeah. But we had to skip over <laughs> just had to skip over the park with scabs in it, because I wasn't ready for it. Um, Gavin, do you got anything you want to say? Um, yeah, man, you know, sometimes in life, no, I don't have anything, uh, nah, I got nothing I want What do you think uh, about what you should do with uh, babies if they're black? <laughs> and keep, <laughs> I, almost, I almost said something really racist by accident, I was going to say keep them away from water. <laughs> I was like, I'll say the opposite of what that guy said. <laughs> uh, Connor, how are you doing over there? Huh? You want to say anything? Uh, final thoughts before we? Uh... Uh, there, there are no consequences. Whoa! <laughs> wow! So we'll see how that plays out uh, outside after the show. Thank you so much uh, to everybody who came, to all of you guys, all your bright, shining faces. Thank you, uh, and uh, have a great night and an early mañana. Adios, amigos. <laughs> Thanks so much to the found footage guys, Nick and Joe, uh, Connor O'Malley, and Gavin Spieler for being a part of the live episode. And thanks to the uh, throngs of people that came out to watch it live. I really appreciate that. You're a great audience. If you're a fan of the podcast, follow on Twitter at It's That Episode, on Facebook, It's That Episode, and leave a review on iTunes. It's uh, it's a good time, and uh, you'll enjoy it. And also, uh, send in other clips for me if you're uh, if you have stuff that you need me to watch that I can share with uh, other people on the show. I'd appreciate that. So thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a great night and an early mañana. Adios, amigos.